Okay, I appreciated the Japanese influence there. Um, this, this, this. I think this next part is not going to go on the podcast, but I remember our my Japanese. I took Japanese in in college because I'm a big old weeb, and so my teacher, I, I, just one day, he just like looked slightly at us. He was just like this, just like very dad energy. He's a Japanese guy, a Sakakebara sensei, but he was like, ah, I will teach you something very valuable. In uh, Japan, when orgasming, people don't say "I'm coming." They say "iku," which means "I'm, I'm going. going," as in "I'm going to heaven." Yep, yep. And nope, we're that, all like, "That is accurate. That is useful." <laughs> yeah, th- this is how we open the podcast. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Japanese uh, idioms with yeah. Okay, very Welcome good. Welcome to I'm... idiom luster. Yeah, yeah so, and sorry for uh, putting you on notice, Sakakibara Sensei. I appreciated your teachings, <laughs> especially that last. one. Yeah, the last one has been super useful to me personally. Um, okay, so uh, everyone, welcome to Game Busters. Uh, we are a podcast from GameLuster.com. If you are new here, uh, each week we're going to do a deep dive into a game or a franchise we love, or maybe we just want to talk about. Um, so everything's horrible and serious. Don't look outside the window. Just close your eyes. If you're driving a car, don't close your eyes, though. Um, uh, hook yourself up to the nearest animus and go back to a happier time. Ooh, that could be good. Yeah, a time before uh, Twitter was invented, uh, something like that would be good. Yeah. Um, so I am Nirav, and I am your host, and our special guests today are Tim and Axel from Game Luster. Say hi, guys. Nothing is forbidden. Everything is permitted. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was promised this wouldn't happen. Let, let's All just right. talk about the uh, Assassin's Creed movie a little bit. Uh, I'd love to discuss it. Uh, yeah, so, Tim, you seem to have some thoughts. Please. I, I love this movie. It was terrible, but it was great, especially because Magneto was the main character. Not Michael Fassbender, but he was playing the exact same character as Magneto in the Days of Future Past film. Yeah, like before he gets his, or like, you know, like when he's not in the suit. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much the same exact guy for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was like, it couldn't tell if it wanted to be the first Assassin's Creed, the second Assassin's Creed, or its own thing, and so it split the difference and was all three of those things at once, and it failed hilariously. Yeah, the way I would describe it is like, it was a movie for nobody. Yeah, no, I I would not call, it was not a successful movie, it was not a good movie, but it was a fun movie to watch. It was a spectacle, and on that I appreciated it. It definitely falls right in the middle of, like, video game movies, which are pretty much notoriously bad, but, like, it's right in the middle there, so it's not anywhere near the worst one. Yeah, no, the, cause the thing is, it, it, it didn't have the, the usual video game movie failings, but it did have the big concept with, like, nothing really to say. Like, it was a B-movie in that sense, yeah, rather than yeah, a video yeah. game movie. Um, I was interested in their bold decision to, uh, spend 45 minutes of the movie in the modern day. Everyone's part, favorite part of Assassin's Creed. I mean, you, there's a lot of fun things you can do in the modern day, but neither Assassin's Creed nor the movie have ever decided to do anything fun with it. Like, give us yeah. skyscraper fucking parkour. I shouldn't be swearing. You can bleep that. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. if it's no, after the ahead. first minute, it's okay. okay yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, give, give us skyscraper parkour. You kind of got there. Like you realized in, in, you know, three that the forest wasn't working. You kind of got there with, uh, um, 
with uh, the Victorian and the, uh, the 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 Paris ones, though Paris had its own problems. Unity, but and, uh... you kind of you know mm-hmm. sort of went in the other direction with the the the, the most recent two, uh, and gave big open you know spaces. But at least yeah. you did better hiding in those. So. Yeah, uh, Axel, have you seen the uh, movie? No, uh, unfortunately, I've I have been uh, I was trying to avoid it for a long time because Jesus, mm-hmm. there you know uh, the history of video game movies is so god awful that you kind of look at it and yes. you say I want to stay as far away from this nightmare <laughs> as humanly possible. But, uh, but what do you have against the Double Dragon movie or or the Street Fighter movie or the Mortal Kombat movie or the other Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> or um. <laughs> Or the Street Fighter animated series, or the Mortal Kombat animated series, or the no, Mega Man a lot with animated series. And I think the even... original Mortal Kombat was like one of those bad, but it's yeah. charming kind of things. Yeah, like it, it was. Uh, it, it was one also. Of those I think it's, a, didn't take it's a... it, it didn't take itself seriously or too seriously. You you kind of it knew that the premise was completely bonkers. It was completely unrealistic, and it was perfectly okay playing in that space. Yeah, half but, the people in the Street Fighter movie recognized that. Jean-Claude Van Damme was not one of them. Raul Julia was. Yeah, Raul Julia (laughs) chewed up the scenery and he loved it, even though he was dying. Oh yeah, no, he he, he got to play a giant ham, he got to to take his family on a vacation, and he left them with a huge paycheck. He was a win-win for him. Yeah, it it really was. Uh, But, you know, I think I think the 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 nadir for video game movies is still Super Mario Brothers, and I, or is it the Apex? I, I feel bad that the I think the Apex of video game movies is still somehow Detective Pikachu, which was actually, like a no, seven yeah. at best. Yeah, like no. <laughs> because because it actually gave a crap about its uh, subject matter and it adapted it smartly. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, I enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog enough. I mean, like, I think I that one is different. I see that one. It's, it's good and fun, but it is very, very much targeted at kids who don't know who Sonic is rather mm. than like Detective Pikachu is for like, you know, adults who grew, grew up with it, you know? Well, like, well, I'd say Detective Pikachu is absolutely a family movie, yeah, but it has sure, enough sure. aimed at adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yes. Yeah, and the Sonic, entire like Mr. Said, Mime segment is 100% aimed at adults with enough for kids to, to yeah yeah um anyway uh make better movies guys let's see how uncharted does i am not <laughs> they, i mean they're, they're... i, I, I like spider holland is is a great fit to even as young nate um yeah obviously nathan fillion would have been amazing but about 10 years ago so Right, it's it's much too late, and that yeah. that fan, that like uh the short film they did was like it's still really incredible. Like it I, was, I, yeah, um, yeah, I I don't know, I don't think there's um, I mean like the Witcher TV show is a whole different thing. I think that worked out pretty well. Um, there's still but, some issues with it, but that's mostly to do with like oversimplifying and, and pacing. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. it it sort of compresses about. 20 years of Geralt's adventuring into what seems like a couple because um, also they completely changed the order of things like they made the, the Butcher of Lavakin first instead of near the end mm-hmm. um, you know but that was also so that they could you know introduce um, Yaskier to him in a 
different way and have their dynamic be totally different. Because in, in the books and the stories, they're they're one hundred percent the bestest of friends. So right, as opposed to the you know the girl are angry of uh, showgirl. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I let's just end this with a, a pledge for video game movies to be better. Um, Agreed. It's almost like you should just try to ad- adapt the the source material and uh, just do do that like you would with maybe a book or anything else. I don't know. Ah, uh, so you know. Hellraiser, On that note, do book uh, adaptations better? <laughs> you know, Hellraiser, yeah. Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like there are that. some really good ones too. I mean, I, I think yeah. book adaptations are probably kind of split down the middle, good and bad. Yeah, um, it, it all depends. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, I would I would venture like I know I wouldn't say it's like strictly better, but I think the like Lord of the Rings movies are a lot more enjoyable <clears throat> than the books. Oh, uh, for me at least. I read. I wouldn't say they're more and, enjoyable, but I mm. would say that there is there is a reason for the first three to exist and the first of the hobbit yeah uh the, Hob- <laughs> the hobbit is still the, the hobbit got away from us yeah. no the hobbit got away from peter jackson uh yeah <laughs> they all, yeah they also told him make it a trilogy yeah and he and was like i was thinking of two no, no make it a trilogy no three tr- then and and put a big sand dune sandworm in it yeah, yeah that was actually the best part of the last movie so never mind um <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think that. Have you guys seen that that fan cut of like all three of the movies into one thing? It's called like J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Um, I'm not. I think it is I, very I well. It. It's very well cut. It, it cuts out pretty much all the extraneous stuff and makes it stick to like the story of The Hobbit, and you know keeps in like some of the smaller things they added. Um, but like it, it condenses it into about a four hour thing. That's not from, bad. From like about nine hours of movie, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Well, well, we're momentarily on the subject of fan recuts. Have you heard of uh, the Chronological MCU Project? I have not. It's a... I, I think the uh, way that they did it is a bit ridiculous, but it is a gigantic supercut about 23 hours long of all of the scenes of the MCU in chronological order. And it's... Um, huh. It takes about, I want to say until like hour three to get to the chronological end of any movie um because it goes a little bit of thor most of captain america most of captain marvel bits and bits and bits and bits and bits and bits finally the end of uh like you know yeah wow and then there's maybe like a blip where like doctor strange goes like three thousand years in the future right at the end yeah Uh, very cool. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into the Hall of Fame luster. Uh, I had kind of fun with this one. Uh, let me, let me sort of, like, rephrase what I'm saying here to make it clear. So, today we're gonna try and, uh, I was thinking about with Assassin's Creed, like, you know, we have all these historical figures showing up in the games. Which historical figure would you go back in time to assassinate to disrupt the world, like, at the most? Like, what could you do to, like, make... make absolute chaos uh which one person would you assassinate uh well obviously we'd have to go back and assassinate known historical figure as proven by his presence in the animus Arden Azunia to prove that he existed (laughs) 
Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, is that is that like real? Is that really maximum chaos though? I mean, proving that a character from a Final Fantasy historically existed, <laughs> uh, I think would mess with a hell of a lot of people's heads. <sighs> You're right. Or, or any of the um the like the, the the Minotaur or any of the monsters from Odyssey. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that. Okay, okay, I, I see what you're saying. All right, nice. Uh, Axel, what are you thinking? Oh, so many people, so little time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just get the you just get the one time knife. So yeah, I know that's that's what makes I mean, the, it so the old, hard. The, the other obvious answer is the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, but somebody beat me to it. <laughs> you know, I, everybody wants to go back and kill Hitler, and it's like that's you know that's weak sauce. Uh yeah, send I Hitler had, to art school. Get, get him a scholarship. If I was, if I was absolutely yeah, k- kill Gobbles. Are you kidding? Yeah. If I was going to go back in time and assassinate one person, uh, that would probably have to be Julia Agrippina. Okay. Uh, At what point? Me who that is? Uh, she was a figure in Roman history. She was the. She, she holds the distinction of being the daughter, the mother, and the wife of an emperor. Not all at the same time, quite. And not all the same emperor. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was... She would give birth to... If I remember... She gave birth to, Cla- to uh, Caligula. She yeah. was married to... One of the Claudiuses. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, Julia or several, yeah, Julia Agrippina. Yes, yeah, married to Nero. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, okay, yeah. All right, Caligula Uh, was her. Was her dad? Yeah, and uh, Caligula was her brother. Nero was her son. It all gets really the, it, w- w- the weird. The imperial <laughs> dynasty of Rome at that point was very tight, very tight. Maybe a little too tight. Maybe a little inbred. We're not sure. We can't prove it, but we suspect. But yeah, if if I was going to be assassinating anybody, it would probably be her, if only because it would undoubtedly prevent Nero from coming to the throne. Okay, it that's would, fair. So would, would you do it before he was born? Yeah, that's probably a safe bet, considering yeah. she did a lot of damage even before he was born. Yeah, if I, you know, <clears throat> getting her young even before she had a an influence on Caligula would probably be a good, you know, a good idea from a historical perspective, because it would undoubtedly change the entire character of the later roman empire okay oh oh, oh, wait hold on i had a thing uh if i was any more inbred i'd be a sandwich uh okay very good (laughs) okay that does sound like pretty pretty chaotic um my thought was just for like i think for long-term effect the i would Go back in time uh, and kill Shakespeare before we started writing any plays, because uh, roughly a third of our common language is attributed to him uh, inventing it. 
Uh, we would just not have any words right now. We'd have Wouldn't completely to... different words. We'd have new words. It, that's pretty chaotic. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, like, Bluglepork. That's podcast. <laughs> what um, are you talking about? What podcast? Also, we would never have the uh, the the lovely uh, romantic comedy Shakespeare in Love, and that and isn't that chaotic? You're right. We do have to go back and kill him. Oh, also, no him. Lion King without Hamlet. Ah, this is a bad place. Yeah. No, no Kimba the White Lion either. No, yeah. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. But, but then again, Christopher Marlowe would probably have done his own adaptations and might have come up with similar words. Might have avoided that bar fight. And, and they got him killed. You never know. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, they could have just... Maybe we'd uh, be, you know, uh, sarcastically calling people Marlo uh, when they write bad stuff today. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's do some votes. So, like, uh, usually we have two votes apiece, and you can vote for your own. Uh, where, are you, where are you guys going to go? So, uh, Tim, what you thinking? Well, obviously, I have to vote for Ard Mizuna. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, and, and just in general him or any of the monsters that have canonically shown up in the animus uh but also julia agrippina because you know vote for monsters <laughs> oh okay got it all right axel what are you thinking uh i'm i'm gonna have to throw both votes to to julia because i'm oh I'm a, i've I'm, never had anyone do that before <laughs> I, I you know what? i guess i never made a rule before so sure uh yeah and also i'm, I'm kind of a, a theater kid who likes Shakespeare. So I, you know, I, I was the only kid in high school who laughed at the jokes that Shakespeare wrote into all of his plays. So. Okay. Oh, Shakespeare had a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to throw one in for, for Shakespeare, but um, I, I am going to also do one for Arden just because I, I love the idea of <laughs> proving somebody exists by going back in time to assassinate them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's creative. Uh, but uh, because uh, Axel found a loophole in our rule set, uh, he, is, he is the winner. Uh, so Julia Agrippina, uh, so long. So ironically, so, so you've nice preserved you. her life forever because she has entered into the Hall of Game Luster. Yes, you fool. Uh, which you is its own fool. sort of Valhalla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, great. Let's uh, move on to the main immediate story here, uh, Bustums. So today we are talking about the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, so just a little bit quick history about it. Uh, Assassin's Creed uh, is an action-adventure stealth game, I'm sure you know. Uh, was jointly created by Patrice Desilets, Jade Raymond, and Corey May. Uh, the story was heavily, heavily inspired by a Slovenian novel called Alamut uh, by Vladimir Bortal, um, while the mechanics were obviously just Prince of Persia. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's Prince of Persia in a white hood. It actually did start out as Prince of Persia, by the way. Um, I, I, no. I read in... That is no surprise to me at all. Yeah, I was. Just I was come off of a big rush of Prince of Persia games, except yeah. the last one didn't sell so well, so they changed it probably like halfway through. So interesting, interesting way this game started was that like they they started a, a Prince of Persia game where you did not play as the Prince of Persia, you played as a hired mercenary who was escorting him the entire game. The it would the game was one gigantic escort mission and. So it was a Prince of Persia game. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you just weren't the prince. Yeah, exactly. Escorting somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You still had to do all the Prince of Persia stuff. You just weren't the prince. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, so it, about a third of the way through, they realized it wasn't fun. <laughs> and so they sort of started to rework it. And um, when I say heavily influenced, this novel, uh, the Slovenian novel, Alamut, is literally the plot of Assassin's Creed in that there is an order of Templars and Assassins from a long time ago that have been controlling all world events and all wars are wars between them. Well, I mean, that's um, a well-tread conspiracy theory. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the uh, first game began development in 2004, and it actually uh, hilariously was originally planned for the PlayStation 2, but it didn't run on the PlayStation 2. <laughs> uh, so they, oh, they, you. they actually kept, they actually, Ubisoft like stalled the game for about six months until the PS3 came out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. You want, you want your next gen games, right? Um, but yeah, the first game did eventually release in 2007, and so this this led to the idea, you know, of the assassins, the Templars clashing throughout history, and then there's these artifacts that give everyone powers to do, I guess, whatever they need at the at the time of the plot. Um, the uh, the pieces of Eden, um, which are you know the artifacts that everyone's after because it lets you kill a bunch of people or also control people and also read minds. It's unclear. Um, really, whatever you kind of need at the moment. But yeah, first game was a, a relative success. Uh, enough of a success to garner a sequel. Nothing like Breakout or huge. Um, but it, it this first game took place in 1191 during the Third Crusade uh, in Jerusalem, and then you know in the present day they had this story with uh, Desmond, and he's fighting off Abstergo Industries, who is like the remnants of the Templars. So uh, I just want to know what what are you guys' thoughts on the first Assassin's Creed? Like I've I've only like dipped into it a little bit. I've I've read the story and I like have played a little bit of it but i feel like by the time i got to it the game mechanics were a little too outdated for me to enjoy uh well i played it when it came out and okay. uh they were already kind of a little weird and dated by then especially um like not overall but just some weird like design choices forcing um you to go back in and out of the animus at you know specific points um though there wasn't much of a point to it they they much that sounds a lot like the recent ones. Yeah, well, the I, I was thinking that um, Black Flag and one of the later um, uh, uh, Ezio ones did the the integration of like real world plot points a lot better. In yeah, the I, I think itself. so. I agree. Because um, there was there were points where you just were forced out of the animus to have a talking scene and then you had to wander around for a bit go into a room and go back and it's sort of in the purpose for a surprise at the end but eh, there's a lot of unnecessary walking also Kristen bell is in it and it's hilarious in retrospect because desmond you were in the bad but yeah um i did not know that yeah um what's what's her name uh lucy i think yeah the one that gets ganked later yeah uh they they ganked her because Kristen Bell became too expensive. Yeah. 100% I'm sure that's what happened, why the character got written out. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. uh, for, for me, when I played Assassin's Creed for the first time, and I got about halfway through it, I think part of my discontent with it was the way everything was, you know, was hyped up as an open world sort of scenario, and you were blocked off from most everything 
Uh, oh yeah, no, it yeah. was yeah. It, it there was, was so much city, and yet you couldn't explore so much of it until the yeah. very, very end. Yeah, uh, it was very heavily gated, and that just drove me completely bonkers. Uh, <clears throat> and also having to uh, having to go around to to find all the various feathers and whatnot was oh yeah in part two no the uh, the, fir- the first oh one. right there were, the feathers were in the first one they just didn't do much of anything did they uh if i remember correctly i thought the feathers were tied to increasing your life bar that might uh, be it uh and it, you know be, being somebody who wanted to make sure that yeah i, I didn't die a horrible death at the time i figured okay yeah let's let's collect the feathers let's build up that little insurance policy and it was just a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah, because God, so many of them were in the weirdest places yeah. and a lot of them were out over the water and Altair cannot swim. <laughs> yeah. You can't swim, you can't dive into the water, you can't do anything. It's like, <laughs> you're you're committing yeah. suicide just if you're anywhere near a body of water bigger than a horse trough. It's yeah. Like, also... Do you remember that uh, initial uh, reveal trailer? No, Do you remember the crossbow that he had in it? That showed up in no... Like, like it, it was like three, four games later when we finally got the crossbow. Wasn't there a problem with one of the games where they actually added the crossbow and people got mad because the crossbow didn't exist at that time in history? I am 100% uh, sure that happened. I don't remember which game it was for, though. Um, um, hold on. Let me see here. Uh, the crossbow was removed from Assassin's Creed 1. Oh, okay. No, they just never actually finished it, is the thing. They, they were hyping it up in the thing, and I think the uh, people said that it didn't exist was them covering their butt later. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, they they did they did give that reason. They said like, oh yeah. well, after this trailer, we realized that it didn't exist. People made a complaint, so we took it out. But I I think I agree with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's uh let's move on to so Assassin's Creed Two. Of course, is the big boy. Um, was a huge success critically and commercially. Uh, and it spawned two direct sequels to that specific story. Um, in sort of a Final Fantasy Ten Two situation. <laughs> yeah. Which is insane. I'm glad they didn't call it that. Um, Assassin's Creed 2-2. But, uh, yeah, Brotherhood and Revelations were the follow-ups, and that was a trilogy about the story of Ezio in the past, and then, you know, Desmond Miles in the present day. Um, this Who? is, yeah, sorry? Uh, Des- Desmond? No, there, there's no Desmond. There is only Ezio. They really <laughs> should. I mean, I know, understand that, they, yes, there was so much uh, Ezio that, there was no longer enough time in an Ezio's life for there to be an Ezio. But basically, they realized that they had a character in Ezio that they did not have in either of their previous two protagonists. And Desmond still isn't really much of a protagonist, if, if we're honest. Yeah. Uh, he's alright. <laughs> oh, no, he's alright. He just doesn't want to be a protagonist. That's canonically yeah. his, his shtick. I just want to be a person. I just, I just want to be a guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously this is the one that many people in the, many, many fans will point to as like their favorite game in the series still, uh, to this day. And, um, it blew up big. Like it, it put Assassin's Creed on the map as like a huge, like franchise, uh, that, you know, people would, you know, re- like get hyped for. Um, 
So what what are you guys' experience with that one? Or that trilogy, I guess. I played that one all the way to the end. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, it, it was one of those games that I... I enjoyed the setting. I enjoyed the character of Ezio. I enjoyed the characters around Ezio. It it had that right mix of adventure, intrigue, even humor, and and it was all you know. This it it tickled my history nerd. Just, oh yeah, no, yeah. it was it was just wacky enough too that all of the inconsistencies in history are just the just roll with it don't worry about it yes leonardo da vinci made him a you know a powered hang glider why not it's fun deal with it yeah Yeah. assassin's creed has been so weirdly like it's it's not that they're inconsistent about their their dedication to historical accuracy i think on different things because some stuff they'll be like i remember in origins they were like oh well we like did all this research to figure out exactly what kinds of fruits could exist in in you know Rome at this time so that like the bowl behind Cleopatra like is full of the right fruit and then like you know they'll have uh just like like you said like Da Vinci yeah (laughs) like Arden then like Arden from Final Fantasy shows up and (laughs) which is you know it was sort of a weird crossover event it was it's it's so I don't know why they did um uh, Assassin's Creed and not something else Ubisoft because even if they wanted to do you know specifically an Ubi crossover there's so many other um I think more fitting Ubi titles yeah um maybe For Honor could have been one yeah uh or Far Cry Uh, Far Cry would have actually weirdly made a lot more sense exactly like uh, and that that is not based in reality in any way which is part of the series you know and if you wanted to do it you could have done it during one of the 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 drug trips they love to put their main characters through you know, like Ooh, the entirety of Far Cry Five. Um, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But with Assassin's I'm, I'm Creed, gonna, I'm about to kidnap you for the third time. <laughs> Take these drugs. Yeah. But with Assassin's Creed, you know, the crossover went both ways. So you had Assassin's Creed stuff showing up in Final Fantasy 15. You had Final Fantasy 15 stuff showing up in Assassin's Creed Origins. And I, you know, the on the other, the, didn't Final Fantasy 14 the MMO have like an Assassin's Festival too? That was like a, a, like a raid event or something. Yeah, I believe both it 15 did. and 14 did. Yeah, um, and it would have, you know, I think the far, you know, stuff like Far Cry or Rainbow Six would have been a lot harder to stuff into both of those games. Uh, yeah. So Assassin's Creed just kind of by default you know, made the cut. It's like, okay, we need something yeah. his, his, you know, we need something historical t- feeling, fantastic feeling, but not super modern feeling. Cause you know, we, right. we, cause we blew all our budget on, uh, on Coleman sponsorships. <laughs> so, uh, let, yeah, let's, let's jump forward to, yeah. so Assassin's Creed three. Um, I've played only a few hours of that because I, I guess I didn't enjoy it was probably the reason um yeah but... the 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 black flag demo was okay um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so yeah assassin's creed 3 was kind of a swing and a miss for them it did commercially okay and critically wasn't very well received um but that one takes place in colonial america during the revolutionary war and that's when they started like going really heavy on the historical figures it's like but but did you know george washington was here at this time you know Oh yeah, no! So yeah, Assassin's Creed Three is one of the ones where they like just said, "Oh fuck it," with regards to history. Yeah, yeah. People sure. are in places they never 
were, places at the wrong time when we know they were somewhere else. All sorts of things. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and, I mean, like, I think that's fine. I, yeah. I, don't, I honestly, I mean, I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like the, like, oh, Assassin's Creed is historically accurate thing has been more from, like, fans than from Ubisoft themselves. Yeah, no, and, and a lot of the thing is it's the, the, the joke of, you know, this is the true history that, you know, yeah. has been alighted over. The thing is, it's, like, a lot of the times, um, uh, some some of them were just, like, really, like, really weirdly contrived. Um, specifically the, and, and I think specifically the, uh, the, the Emperor, uh, Washington DLC is what I'm thinking of. Is the uh, I did not play that. What was that? Um, that was a, that was a bonus, uh, DLC that came out for Assassin's Creed 3, which posits a, an alternate scenario where George Washington goes mad and declares himself Emperor of America. And you after he gets the Apple of Eden. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Um. um I. I just think it would have been. Uh. I, like I think that their explanation for it was just sort of like okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's like, fair enough. We're, we're doing the acid trip thing for from Far Cry and put bringing it into Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But let, now let's let's get into the like, good it, stuff. Yeah. Because if they had if they had said it as like a weird um future vision mm-hmm. or you know thing but no it's it's a, an alternate like a, a legit alternate timeline that they wanted to suggest and it's just sort of huh. no just just undead nightmare that shit okay literally yeah. have it all be a horrible dream that connor's having all right well let's uh let's go on to uh black flag assassin's creed 4 which um personally is i, I think just for the story like is my favorite story from assassin's creed um I really, really enjoyed that game, and I like. I think, like you said, they fit in the modern day stuff pretty well into that. Like, um, this features, you know, Abstergo Entertainment, which is just Ubisoft, <laughs> um, <Yep>. and it's <laughs> a game dev office, and uh, you know, it runs under the pretense of people are they're they're running studies for a, a video game where you can experience, you know, you can have your own little animus at home, you can experience the memories of your ancestors, like, uh, like you know, you're in there. Um, <laughs> so it's 23 and me <laughs> yeah you don't no, just go back and check it out i've i've actually i i mean i i was really fascinated by that idea like obviously i would love to do that um i mean like for, well like for me personally like exploring like ancient india would be super cool um, oh yeah what I, I as a small aside i just want to get on to how bonkers the science of the anima is because it yeah, works please. because <laughs> memories are in your dna the DNA remembers, dude. The DNA remembers, and so when your ancestor has sex and you are mm-hmm. um, conceived, or your 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 next ancestor in line is conceived, you can't go any further past that. So there's actually a bit in one of the spinoff games where Desmond is following along with Altair, and then suddenly you play as a female assassin and he doesn't know why until he realizes that she's pregnant and he's technically following along her unborn child. Oh, I did not know about that one. That, yeah. <laughs> does, that, that reminds me of something very quickly right now that I want to say before I forget. Um, I don't know if you all remember with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, 
because like they said that okay cassandra is like the 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 um canon protagonist for odyssey um so people were asking like okay is like male or female eivor for valhalla the canon protagonist and they said it's both check it out uh there is the so when you pick your character at the beginning of that game there is they said like oh it'll make sense it does it doesn't um at the beginning you 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 can pick between when you're picking a your gender you can either pick male or female or it says default in the middle and it says that the the excuse for this is that the dna has forgotten what gender it was and will randomly remember different genders at different times and so it'll just kind of swap you around between male and female like as the game goes just unprompted by anything um that is bizarre. It is such um, a weird choice to make. Like, I mean, it's I optional, mean, so it's not that yeah, big a deal. It's, it's, it's also, like... I mean, it, it, it is complete nonsense and bullshit, but then so is the entire DNA explanation. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So, it's not even like they're doing like a gender fluid thing. This is a literal body metamorphosis we're talking about. Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember what I was. I don't know. It was, uh, yeah. This, this I, is I, I just keep thinking of history, like, but, you know, whatever. I, I keep thinking of like Professor Oak popping up being like, are you a boy or a girl? It's like, I don't remember. Uh, Oh. I'm also, just the the interesting thing is, um, knowing what I know about DNA encoding errors, mm-hmm. like if something got transcribed wrong, would like you know um, Altair suddenly morph into a fifty foot kaiju and have to fight Rodan? And then <laughs> if, if DNA right worked back? the same way as programming, absolutely, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> Um, you know, a bit I, gets shifted and he gets scaled, you know, to, to five times integer instead of one, you know. Yeah, if anyone is curious, uh, breaks in genetic, uh, it breaks in your DNA sequences, the ATCG uh, thing in your DNA helix is what causes mutations. Um, mutations are generally not noticeable by, like, phenotypical responses. Like, it's, it's normally just a genotype thing. So, like, you probably do have a lot of mutations in your body, but, like, none of them have affected you in any way like noticeable way basically well technically speaking it's it's um whether or not you can tell them and whether or not we recognize them as mutations anymore because technically speaking everything's a mutation but a lot of them are just so common that we don't care like right the ability of most um northern europeans to process milk safely as an adult without any you know discontent that's a mutation but we like it yeah, we like it. Well, yeah. that's, yeah, that's just, I mean, that's just evolution that those people fared better off and they, you know, uh, they're past their, their mutations on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, that was probably more science than Assassin's Creed has ever had. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes. um, yes. Black flag. We were talking about black flag though. Thank yes. you. Um, yeah. So, uh, I really enjoyed the beginning of this game. So I- I'll make a f- full confession here again. Uh, like I've mentioned in the past, I didn't really play many. Uh, I-, I only had Nintendo consoles until, uh, 2015 when I got a PS4, I think around then. Um, and I was, I remember I got a PS4 and like, um, I've mentioned, like I pretty much just played Fallout 4 for a long time. And then I was like, I've heard of Assassin's Creed. Let me try this. And so the newest one, which was the one they recommended to me at the GameStop, I don't know why, was Syndicate. <laughs> um, and I uh, I legitimately really enjoyed it. I loved Syndicate. I played it for like 40 hours. Um, but after that, I went and got uh, Black Flag because everyone on Reddit was like, no, nah, this is the one. Um, and I was just like, I loved the, the opening of it where like I kind of like thought like I was going to be playing as one character and then they like sort of are like pretty subsequently killed by the uh, real main character. Um 
And uh, yeah, you're like a, a privateer or whatever, um, Edward Kenway. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Edward as a protagonist, and I had I had a lot of fun with that story. I think it's like really fun, and you get those Pirates of the Caribbean vibes, man. You absolutely do. Yeah. Also, uh, the the ship the ship uh, combat and ship mechanics from three come back and actually feel good. I think they were yeah, very they're usable, improved. Though. Yeah, they were they were yeah. greatly improved from three. I've I've uh, I've been playing through uh, Assassin's Creed Three Remastered. Uh, I've been doing some of the ship stuff, and it's like, God, this feels clunky compared to Black Flag. And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess they they uh, they didn't remaster it quite as much as I thought they had. Uh, but yeah, the the sailing portions were tremendous. I you know I I absolutely love just tooling around listening to the crew singing sea shanties and it's like, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I legitimately have friends who have never beaten the game because why bother boat boat i, I just want to sail around and, it was, and drink rum yeah and it was so celebrated that uh ubisoft uh spent the next 12 years making a game called skull and bones which is still <laughs> in development um that is a game by the way by the the uh, I believe uh, the director of that game is the person who directed the ship combat for for Black Flag, and um, uh, yeah, they've been working on that game uh, for I, I want to say it's been about six years now. It's been in development, so I'm I'm not quite sure what's happening with it. But keep an eye out? Question mark. It's basically just Ubisoft Sea of Thieves, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um. Yeah. I don't know. What are, What are your other any other thoughts on on Black Flag? For me, it was, it was a, it was very refreshing. I, I did like the idea that, okay, Edward Kenway is not born into this stuff. He's not, you know, part of this grand conspiracy. He's just a guy trying to make a living, and he gets kind of sucked into like, this. Like, get back to his wife, dude. You know, and and he does, but he also he does grow up, and he does become a better person although he's you know he's still an assassin or he does grow into the role of an assassin right yeah 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 he 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 realizes okay there there are bigger things than just me dicking around with with the english and stealing all their loot you know there's there's bigger problems that need to be addressed and you know i kind of need to figure out what i need you know am i going to be addressing this or am i just gonna hide and end up dead like all my buddies Right. I, I really enjoyed that, like, having, because, uh, like, all of the Assassin and Templar stuff is also, like, fresh to, to his eyes, you know? And so, I, I enjoyed seeing it that, like, from that perspective, where it's, like, somebody who didn't, like, grow up as, like, training as an Assassin and whatever, you know? Um, and just, like, a, a guy who's, like, all right, let's do some assassinations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, like, of course, you know, he... I also was just looking at the timeline for that. I mean, I think that came out at the exact exact number of years where uh, they were definitely, definitely inspired to do this by the first Pirates of the Caribbean and definitely sort of ripped Jack Sparrow a little bit for him. Oh, yeah. Um, a little bit. Which if is... only they didn't let, let, you know, a little more into the Monkey Island, then, you know, we'd still be playing Black Flag sequels to this day. But Oh, yeah. Um yeah, no, it went really well. Huge critical and commercial success, and I, I, I would point to that as my favorite, like quote unquote, classic Assassin's Creed, um, before the the new ones. Um, yeah, so let's jump over to everyone's favorite Rogue. Um, I completely forgot this game existed. 
Yeah, I like, think Ubisoft like, that's did not too. Even, that's not even sarcastic. <laughs> like, I thought it went from Black Flag to Unity. <laughs> and I thought uh, that there was just a long gap, but... I uh, I think Rogue is the only main series game I have not played. Um, I have not heard good things about it. Um it is in the. It's apparently in the set during the Seven Years' War in in North set in North America. Um, I have very rarely heard anyone talk about this game except to say that it was really glitchy and not fun. Yeah, uh, uh, I I have not had the opportunity to play it either, and the only reason I didn't was because Ubisoft, for some weird reason, decided, okay, we're going to release this game exclusively on the PS3. We're not going to bring it out to PS4. Why? Because we're Ubisoft, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why they would do you say do that this? a lot? Yeah. Um, I, I know people who work for Ubisoft, and they are still like sometimes Ubisoft. Why? Why? Ubisoft? <laughs> Why? Um. Yeah, that one was maybe not everyone's favorite, but uh, another another fan favorite uh, was Next Unity, uh, set le- uh, set in Paris during the French Revolution. Really well liked, did pretty well commercially and Had commercially some glorious, and glorious glitches. Glorious glitches, as far as the eye could see. But in, I will. In historical France during that time, people were so malnourished they couldn't afford to have faces, just eyes and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I, I still maintain, I think, to this day that uh, the the cinematic trailer for Unity with the announcement trailer is maybe my favorite cinematic trailer for a game ever. It is fantastic. It, Go it watch was that. very well done. Yeah. Go watch that because I think that one did a good job, kind of like setting you in that in that time period and being like, "This is what really happened during the French Revolution," and and I was like, "Oh, you know." I, I also remember there was a huge scandal because there was the multiplayer and it didn't have a playable assassin uh, model and they made a whole brouhaha about oh it would take so much time to create a new model you know make oh model. that was this the one with the female model they, yes yeah. okay yeah, yeah and that, honestly they just sort of said no we don't want to do it you're all identical that's the point yeah um yeah but there there was famously one i, I believe it was one of the develop someone on the development team who said that that like oh female bodies are too hard to render <laughs> um yes. which was uh, sort of something we still remember uh, ten years later, huh? Yeah. Um, oh, well, and immediately in the next game, playable female character. I think. Yep. Was, I think honestly, the, re- the that was just an excuse of no, we're saving it for the next game. But they didn't want to say we're saving it for the next game. Yeah, it could be. Uh, still, still a fun meme though. Oh good yeah, old, no, they, good times. They they chose the worst way to, <laughs> to say no. We're not doing. That. My my favorite thing about that was that was the, ex- the 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 day that that came out was the same day that like they that uh, Nintendo like debuted uh, Robin was coming to Smash Bros in both male and female form at the yeah. same time, <laughs> which sort sort of was really exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Does anyone have anything to say about Unity? I, I feel like one thing I want to say is that have you? I think you'll notice this with a lot of longstanding franchises where. The, the fan favorite game that everyone fondly remembers as the best one moves every time a new game comes out. Like, it moves up one. So, like, before, when Odyssey was the latest game, I remember everyone online being like, oh, Black Flag was the best one. Oh, it's never going to get better than that. And after Valhalla has been out, like, now, I'm seeing everyone on, on Reddit and Twitter being like, oh, Unity was the best game. It's never going to get that good. <laughs> <laughs> that does uh, happen sometimes, yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes um, it sticks. Sometimes it's always New Vegas. You know. Sometimes it's always New Vegas. Um, but like I think I see that with Pokemon especially a lot. Like, cause our every every time a new game comes out, it moves up one generation where people are lamenting like, oh, now everyone's like, oh, Gen Five was the best one. And, I've always like, thought Gen Five was the best one. I mean, oh yeah, I, I believe well, you. I, yeah. I just saying like the general the consensus a, though. I would love for more Pokemon games to play around with their formula like that like you don't have to do a big serious story but do stuff like having the final showdown with the evil team being at the elite four that was a great move yeah yeah and um man it's it's hard i don't know pokemon's difficult because each every single generation has great things and bad things about it and they just never are consistent about making one just 100% 100% better than the last yeah, one. Yeah, like Gen 5, the first the first game in Gen 5 had no post-game, and then the second game had no story and all the post-game. Yeah, it was the post-game. <laughs> it um, was, it really was. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's get on to, to Syndicate. So that was in uh, set in Victorian London, and that, again, that was the first one that I played. Um, so you, here you play as two twins, Jacob and Evie Fry, and you can switch between them at any time. Uh, so, so you always no... play as Evie Fry. You always play as Evie, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, Evie might be my favorite assassin's uh, She is a great character. I, I, I've not really played any of Syndicate, but I, I've heard great things, and what I've seen of Evie makes it... I, like, I think she'd be really fun to just run around. And the map looks like it's really fun to run around in. Yeah, the thing is that um, she has one power, which I don't know if... This is one of those things where it's like, okay, they're not trying really anymore, but one of her like final upgrade powers is that she can just completely become invisible. <laughs> um... And, like, I feel like it might be a little overpowered, but um, regardless, I really enjoyed the theming of Syndicate because, like, so what what you're doing is that you you and your brother, or, like, I guess Evie and Jacob are starting a, a, a gang called the Rooks. And uh, we're basically running around Victorian England recruiting people for the gang, um, and everybody's like, you know, like, the Rooks! And they just, like, you know, start kicking somebody in a pub or whatever. It's hard so to we're control playing them. Watch Dogs Legion, but better. It honestly might be better. <laughs> um, it is actually very similar to Watch Dogs Legion. Now that you mentioned that, um, but yeah, you can recruit. You can't recruit anybody, but you can c- recruit like a lot of people into the into the rooks. And like you know, you call on them when you're doing like uh, when you're like invading a factory or whatever. You can like bring in your gang, and the people come in. And you're like, "Hey, what's going on in here?" And just like, start stepping on people. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so it's like the Brotherhood mechanics of. Uh calling in your your backup yeah yeah um and so this one was just like really cool because the theme of it was like taking down the man like this was industrial revolution england you know everything is being run by these giant corporations children are working in the the factories you know their arms are getting cut off and tossed into the soup or whatever um and like what no that would ruin the soup it would not be yeah come on Uh, waste of a good soup children's (laughs) arms throw it in for the animal feed come on um, yeah, like, Syndicate did a good job theming itself well, and having, uh, like, the whole game was built around the idea of, like, destabilize the power of the corporations, and, like, this is, you can, like, start to see, like, okay, let's, let's take down the man, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, get workers' rights, like, you, you're basically, like, forming a union. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, you know what, uh, in a similar vein, you know what would be really amazing to see? Not specifically Zoro, but a Zoro-like um, you know, and taking hmm. down, uh, you know, the, the corrupt Spanish, um, 
landlords in, you know, uh, Spanish California. To be honest, they could just reskin an Assassin's Creed to be as like Zoro. <laughs> they really could, and that's basically what my, my thought was right there. Yeah, okay. Z- Zoro is, uh, an, um, he's a great assassin. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's even got the, 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 the name in the panache. He can be the next Ezio. Um, Don Diego de la Vega. The Zoro. I think uh, th- this one was sort of a wake-up call for Ubisoft because it didn't do well commercial- commercially or critically at the beginning. It-, it kind of has become one of those things where, like, in retrospect, people were like, okay, that was pretty good. But at-, think, at the time, there was a kind of a backlash against it. I think a lot of the problem was people were getting super burnt out, especially after Unity was so glitchy on launch. Because yeah. there's there's a, an, an adage that... Um, so how good your game is is not really reflected in its own sales, but in the sales of the next game. No, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, but, and and if if you've played uh, the Mega Man Battle Network series, mm-hmm. like the, one of the worst games in the series is Mega Man Battle Network Four, but it sold the best because one of the best games in the series was the original ending of that uh, series. Me- <clears throat> excuse me, Mega Man Battle Network Three. Oh, okay, which was amazing. But Battle Mega Man Battle Network Five, which was also amazing, sold terrible because Mega Man Battle Network Four was terrible. Huh? And I think that's sort of how it was because Syndicate just it didn't really catch anything. It promised more of the same from Unity, and I think people were just sort of yeah burnt they were definitely out. Burnt out for and sure. I was feeling burnt out because I didn't buy any of these. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, after Black Flag. Every, you know, I kept, you know, I was reading about Rogue, I was reading about Syndicate, I was reading about Unity. It's like, I have no desire to spend money on this. It's like, I'm happy with it's, my black flag. Let me just be a pirate. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need yes. the Industrial Revolution. And I think with Assassin's Creed, a lot of it is not, not just like, I don't want to spend my money on this. It's more like, I don't want to spend my time on this. You know, it's, it's, these games are like, not small. Um, there's a they've been packing them with stuff I mean for a long time and I, I think that's a good segue into the uh, quote unquote new Assassin's Creed games after the uh, after they took a break for a year and were like hey let's do uh, something else uh, entirely yeah and let's so... not do a single year dev cycle which was I think part of why people were burning out so heavily yeah um, it's uh, called Star Wars fatigue I believe <laughs> uh, no Call of Duty fatigue. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely Call of Duty. <laughs> Star Wars definitely had that fatigue, but no, it was. Yeah, Call, Call was, of Duty. But I feel I feel like the difference is that Call of Duty still like is the best selling game every single year. Well, so is Madden, but you know that you know, yeah, it's, it's within it is within a certain market segment that yeah, it is best selling, and yeah. there's yeah, it's not necessarily you know representative and. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So let's. Yeah. So Origins. I I love Origins. First of all, I think it was a great idea. So it completely reinvented the series from the ground up. It is a full on RPG. There are skill trees, weapon types, uh, crafting. You know, weapon upgrades, slots. You literally all that stuff. level up and get. You know, unlock yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. You literally lo- you you get experience for killing enemies. There's like calculated damage. You know, you have like stuff for your weapons. It's like you know, add like plus like 5.6% damage, like damage type to this weapon or whatever, you know? You can attack and dethrone God. You can attack and dethrone God, actually, which is really exciting at the end. Um, yeah. And then Ardnazuni and Bahamut show up, so of course, you know. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if they made it in there. 
Um, no, they did. They did. They, they they, oh, did. that was that was that in Origins? They, they were, were in? in Origins. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't remember that. Okay. So they were. Ac- <laughs> that, God, I think I I think I played Origins after that whole thing happened, so that's why I missed that they were in that specific game. But yeah. uh, you no, go they... you go into a a, a tomb uh, uh, in a particular pyramid and. Arden Izuni is just there, chilling out, going, oh, hello, can I do something for you? And then Bahamut shows up and goes, no, you're due back in your own game, mister. We've got a world to end. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was it was kind of bonkers. It was like, okay, you have you have a puzzle you have to solve. You solve the puzzle, you go into the temple. Arden Izuni shows up, he smiles, and he's being his usual smug self. Bahamut shows up in the sky and nukes the temple from orbit takes out arden and leaves you with the ultimate blade it's like and a chocobo yeah well a chocobo camel no no it flat out was a chocobo oh yeah you're right it was a chocobo yeah it it wasn't a camel it wasn't a horse camel (laughs) they called it a camel for the game mechanic but yeah it was just a chocobo yeah it's like wow yeah i i was kind of looking at this and saying you know and this was after the big promotion period you know i i picked up origins not at launch but you know you know afterwards and i'm looking at this i'm saying wow you guys actually spent money for this (laughs) but but that said origins i i did like you know uh although it i i'm not liking it as much as i liked odyssey uh i am kind of wondering okay why did you go with the ptolemies you know why did you not go back further you know you all the really interesting pharaohs and whatnot are back during the old middle kingdom periods and they're granted really... a lot of the political <clears throat> intrigue was with the ptolemies but well, yeah there's a lot more interesting crap to do with the shenanigans or the provable shit is with the Ptolemies, I should say. Whereas a lot of the old stuff is a bit more like, yeah, I did this awesome stuff. Yeah, you know, Ramses II was definitely a, you know, big on self-promotion. But at the same yeah. time, even even the political stuff that is only semi-provable, you know, you've got Heptepshut, you've got Akhenaten, you've got Tutankhamun. My, my 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 genuine like guess for that is because they wanted to fit Julius Caesar and Cleopatra into it. Well, but yeah, that's like I, I, and I think I think I think that C- I don't know, I think Caesar's like an but interesting enough they character. They could fit both of them into a, a something later. I mean, they could have. Well, I too. well I don't think so because I think something happens to Caesar at the end of this one. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, a, a, a different game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, some you know because both of them uh, were were out and about at various points. Less less uh, um, Cleopatra, but definitely you know Julio. Yeah, Julio. Yeah, you could have done a an Assassin's Creed triumvirate, and you could have you know followed Ooh, Julius. Caesar. That actually would be a cool. That'd be a cool name. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> yeah, that you know you could have done that. And done all the all the Caesar stuff, but no, we, we want to be boring, and you know we're we're gonna set this in Egypt, so it has to be Cleopatra. And that's yeah, you know you have bad taste in history, Ubisoft. Ah. Yeah, it's um, I don't I don't know. Like I I really loved Origins. I I like the 
I, I feel like I agree with you in that, like, the story didn't feel significant until we got close to the end when Cleopatra's stuff started to kick in. Because, like, yeah, like, the, the Ptolemaic Egypt is, like, not as exciting outside of, I guess, her story and her sort of, you know, escape, and, you know, like, Julius Caesar being there and, like, escaping out of Egypt and all that in the middle of the night. And, and that that's that was all, like, the last, like, three hours of the story of that game were really exciting. And then, like, I think the first part of it was maybe yeah it could have benefited from some other historical stuff still i did get excited about getting to go to a different continent for the first time we got to go to africa uh so not in so just not in north america or europe for the first time basically wasn't wasn't there a side-scrolling game in china though yeah i didn't want to talk about it yeah so there's assassin's creed chronicles there is a side-scrolling 2d like 2d platformer called Assassin's Creed Chronicles, and there's three of them. There's India, China, and Russia. Uh, they were all critical and commercial failures. <laughs> yeah. They were not good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, also, technically, part of the third Ezio games are in Asia, but only technically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of... Very nominate. technical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Odyssey probably has a lot of meat on it. So, uh, I don't know. What did, what did you guys think of Odyssey? I'll save my thoughts. Um, uh, go Tim. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't really played a whole heck of a lot. I've only, you know, uh, dipped in here and there on a friend's copy, but I do, I do like that they're willing to go much more fantastic. I mean, they, they, they went whole hog with, yeah, aliens are real as far back as the second game, and then barely did anything with the weird fantastical elements um, at all. I mean, and and I haven't jumped into Valhalla, but I'm guessing that uh, the the bits with the uh, Norse gods that they implied are also dealing with the aliens again. Uh, uh, but no, uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm glad that they're dealing with like myth and history and and mixing it all together and you know, technically leaving it up to chance whether or not it's just a glitch in the animus or if it actually happened. Yeah. I I was I liked Odyssey. Uh, I'm you know I'm I'm a big uh, I I grew up reading Greek mythology. You know, Dallaire's book of Greek myths was probably the the book I checked out of the library as a kid more often than any other book you can imagine and i enjoyed it you know i enjoyed odyssey tremendously because okay it is dealing with the you know that period after the persian invasions but before greece really started to fall in on itself with the peloponnesian wars and, you know, I liked the fantastic elements. You know, like I said, I, you know, that idea of okay, the the monster, the great monsters are still out there, and oh hey, we get to, you know, kind of be our own Greek hero for a little bit. Uh, I know that uh, this is probably going to be a little controversial, but uh. I know the you know canonically Cassandra was was the hero. I wanted to be a contrarian and play it the other way with Alexius as, as the hero and Cassandra as uh, Deimos. And that actually worked for me. Uh, I, you know, for to, ha- to see Cassandra playing the villain 
and being just you know super pissed off i like her i like her doing her villain voice for sure <laughs> yeah she you know it you you began to you got those you know hints of the really vindictive greek deities and semi-deities you know you have you know you see in cassandra the personification of hera you see the Arenes. You see Nemesis within her, and it's like, holy crap! This is, you know, she, you know, she's not a scenery chewing villain, but she will absolutely wreck you, and I loved it. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I, um, so it's an it's an interesting sort of weird case in that, uh, um. I think that Cass- like Cassandra and um, Alexios have the exact same dialogue. They have literally no differences in their characters. They are the same character, effectively, just depending on which one you choose to play. Yeah. The only real difference is the voice performance at the end of the day. Um, well, that like, can do a lot to change the perception of a Oh, character. it can. Yeah, absolutely. And line. that's what I was going to point out, is that like I think they did... like Both the voice actors did an excellent job, but I think they did a really good job both like recording all of the lines in the game, basically, for both sides of that. Um, and I, I do want to give a quick shout-out in uh, Valhalla, which I'm about uh, almost... I'm like 25 hours in, maybe? Um, so you're just out of the tutorial. I, <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend yesterday who was 10 hours in, and he just saw the splash title screen. <laughs> um... But um, no, I, I, I really like uh, the difference in performance in, in Valhalla. I feel like it's more pronounced. Um, and the, the male actor is being very like, he's like a very calculating brooding guy who like takes his time and thinks before he speaks. And like the female character is like very brazen and brash and just kind of like yells and is ready to fight at any given moment, um, which I think is kind of fun. So she's the berserker of the two. Yeah, she definitely is, and I think he's more of like a, a like a, a tactical fighter. Um, yeah, but um, I guess I guess I've segued us onto Valhalla. So have either of you dipped into that yet? I have not. No, it, it is on me and Kate's Christmas list, so we are, okay, we are holding enough. off to see. Yeah, it's a it's a big boy. Um, I, I have I got a review copy for it, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Honestly, like I think that. Whatever the target of the Ubisoft open world formula that they've used for every single game for the last seven years is, like, I think they finally hit it. Um, if n- if not for the bugs, this would sort of, li- which this is extremely buggy game. But um, if not for the bugs, how can it be <laughs> Assassin's Creed? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> if it, not for bugs. I do genuinely feel, though, that they have perfected their, their Ubisoft open world. And not, not to say it's a perfect open world, it's a perfect Ubisoft open world. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it is the Kate, best version of that, for sure. Kate and I have been playing, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed High School Edition, uh, Persona 5. Uh-huh. Where you have to you know because it, it's kind of built along the same way. Identify a target, figure out your route into, you know, to, to, to assassinate them, or in this case steal their treasure. Big boss fight. Shit happens. Proceed. You know, just with slightly more talking cats than usual in an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Um, Only slightly more though. Yeah. Assassin's Creed needs more talking cats, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's fair um okay great uh yeah does anyone do you have do you have any like final thoughts on like the series as a whole or like the direction it took or i don't know uh a- anything like that thematically about it 
Um, I wish we'd see more of the Abstergo game industry side of things. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, I... Because I, they brought that up, and it seemed like the perfect excuse to just go anywhere they wanted. Uh, they, they could just take a game, you know, didn't have to continue Desmond's story or the big this story, and just do a jump to a random point in history with somebody who was maybe an assassin, maybe a Templar, maybe unaffiliated, and just have wacky adventures, and then have some Abstergo stuff going on in the background. Yeah, But they really good. haven't done much of anything with it. It's all been... Very um, peripheral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I... I'm kind of actually torn a little bit on you know between the the old and, and the new on the one hand i liked the old you know some of the old stuff you know i you know i, I was a big fan of the Ezio trilogy big fan of black flag and i liked the challenge that those games provided i also liked how you know i liked the the environment that they set up with the the new trilogy if you will you know origins and odyssey and, and now valhalla uh which i i have yet to play valhalla but if it if it is in any way similar to odyssey and origins i think they maybe need to dial this you know i kind of feel like they need to dial stuff back a little bit they need to focus a little more give me a story that you know that i want to follow to the end i I, I will say that I think this this game has done a good job of making the story a little more personal um, because like it's it's interesting that I think that it's similar to a, a Black Flag thing almost what they did which is that Eivor is not an assassin obviously she's a Viking um, yes. but and Vikings historically haven't really done a lot of assassinating um, uh, well I no, mean they, they, yes they and have. no they haven't done, I, I, I guess um, stealthy assassinating is what I'm thinking of well um, again. They, they, they are not known for it, but there are some actual great stories of glorious assassinations okay, in, in Viking history. But they're not known for assassinating other countries' people stealthily. That's fair. Um, yeah, so this, uh, it's interesting because the assassin story does take place, like, in, in Valhalla. There is a big assassin story between, like, uh, them and the Templars, but it's not Eivor's battle. Uh, you basically are assisting the assassins because your goals have aligned um, in that, like, you want to conquer England, and they want to remove those who are in power in England currently, these, like, you know, disparate kings, because they are they are members of the uh, the Templars. Because it's what, like, 18, 897? Uh, yeah, 897, yeah. So England yeah. is currently four king... The England is currently four separate kingdoms at the moment. Yeah, that's um, accurate. And so there are, like, four different kings and everything, um, which I was, like... I guess I'm not up to up to snuff on my English history. I'm I'm learning a lot actually. Um, uh, from what little I know from the trailer, it's I mean they're obviously going to take lots of liberties to make it more interesting, but they got the the basics right. Like I I literally guessed the time and the uh, um the, the 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 setting just from the few details they gave us. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the um. I, but like I was saying, I think the story is a lot more personal because the real struggle is between Eivor and her uh, brother, like, for, like, what we used to be, like, who we are as Vikings and, like, who this new world is trying to turn us into. Um, and, like, I, I think that's really, I don't know, it's it's hitting with me. I'm, I have not finished the story part yet. I'm very close to the end, I believe. But that's I've, interesting because I don't think, 
there wasn't a big cultural shift in the Vikings for those that uh, moved to and settled in England as far as there wasn't. I, I will. I guess I, I should say rather there uh, Sigurd, her, uh, I think Sigurd Snake Eyes people know um, the Viking, but yeah, uh, Eivor's brother is, is the Sigurd and he is kind of the chieftain of your new clan as you move to England. Um, and he is sort of infatuated with the assassins and the pieces of Eden and everything. And he wants to ah, become one okay. of these. And he, he is like, he's basically willing to throw away everything that he and, and Eivor like grew up on all of their beliefs and values to be one of these like mythical assassins and achieve these great powers with the pieces of Eden. Um, and so like, it is a, it's like a familial, a familial struggle really between the two of them. And I, I think it's actually coming out quite nicely. Like it, it's it's worked out well. It's a battle for your brother's soul against your brother. Yeah, it it really is for sure. Um, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's jump on uh, to time for games. Uh, so today we're gonna do a little uh, fun game of which is higher. So I'm just gonna list two things. One of them is we can have something to do with Assassin's Creed, and then. You guys are going to try to guess which one is higher out of the two things. So, okay. uh, let's start off not too hard. Um, how many pieces of Eden are there versus the Metascore of Assassin's Creed Chronicles? <laughs> uh... I I would probably have to say the Metascore. I I know that there are, there are something like 13 pieces of Eden, and I don't think as bad as Assassin's Creed Chronicles yeah. was. I don't think it was that bad. I, I think the Metascore is going to be higher, but not by much. Um, it's actually not. There are apparent. There are actually sixty-six pieces of Eden that are oh, really? referenced. Yeah. Okay, um, but only only about like... only about seven of them have been named or identified. Okay, that that might that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But somebody mentions offhand in Assassin's Creed Two that there are sixty-six of them. Um. The Metascore for Assassin's Creed Chronicles is a 60. Okay. Well, do better next time, guys. So All right. It, it, well, no, but it was close. It was close, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, not, not when I said do better, and I didn't mean you. I meant uh, Ubisoft. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, so, the next one, we have how many uh, total games in Assassin's Creed? This is including mobile games, spinoffs, all of that stuff. Versus is it including how many... mobile remakes? No, I did not include collections okay. or remakes in this. And uh, and then that is versus how many Call of Duty games there are, again, including mobile or spinoff stuff. Uh, no remakes or remasters in that, or collections. I think it's Call of Duty, but again, there's so many, and I don't know which ones count as remakes or not. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I think I'll have to give it to Call of Duty on this one. Yeah, uh, Call of Duty's a much older series. Uh, it you know it's got a, a good you know eight or nine year head start on Assassin's Creed, even with the uh, the annual yeah. release schedule there. Right. So. Um, it is it is pretty close, but actually Assassin's Creed does win out with a uh, thirty games versus twenty four from Call of Duty. I am surprised. Are you? Are you huh. That now that was from my, that was from my counting on the wikis, uh, so okay. I, I could have missed one here or there. Uh, I guess it's within margin of error, but yeah, um, that that was. I was also very surprised to see that there were twenty four Call of Duty games <laughs> that came out in the last what like how when did the first one come out like two thousand two or something? Uh, no, uh I think late nineties. Yeah, late nineties, really. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, but anyway, it's, uh, I, I think, I think there's, there, like, having to discount, like, the remakes and stuff, I had to manually count them, so I could be off on that. Um, alright, so we have, uh, now, the box office of the Assassin's Creed movie, uh, versus the box office value of X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> I'm counting at least 30 on just a quick one not including but anyways <laughs> um so let's see that's that is going to be a tough one i'm going to actually say assassin's creed because the box office was better overall that year and dark phoenix did notoriously <clears throat> flop yeah I, I would i would have to go with that one uh i, I believe assassin's creed <laughs> was a financial success but a, ter- a critical failure that's yeah. correct it was um now actually dark phoenix did a little tiny bit better uh assassin's creed uh got 241 million usd and dark phoenix got 250 million huh oh now, ju- just the domestic okay yeah sorry uh that that's on me sorry about that yeah i should have said that um yeah i believe that uh overall i believe assassin's creed did a little bit better on the world stage um yeah okay let's let's ah, i gotta i gotta get this together here i'm ruining the game okay no it's listen. okay it's it's fun to think about i'm not even how, worried about score how many how many copies sold of assassin's creed 2 the original one um versus assassin's creed 3 again just the original one mm. so uh which one of those two sold more because i know tim you were talking earlier about like oh the last game was really good a lot of people are gonna buy the next one yeah did that happened this time i think it probably did um and i know there was a lot of hype going into three Especially because of the, the America rah-rah. I will actually, yes, I will go and say that if we're just doing the first, though, because the thing is, though, the last game wasn't two, it was Revelations. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Uh-huh. Now, now you've got me actually having to think about this, because t- if it was from two to three... Three probably would have sold more, but I'm going to say that two sold a little more than three because Revelation, I think, was flagging. Okay, it, it was yeah. on the down downswing. I would I would buy that, and also uh, there's there is the uh, you know kind of the lead time, if you will. You know, people who were buying, you know, who heard about three but figured, oh, maybe I ought to buy two and you know play that. So there. You've got that time between the original release of two and the original release of three, where you've got them, you've got players buying it later. I would probably say ultimately two would sell more or would have sold. More. Yeah, yeah, you guys got it. Um, so Assassin's Creed two sold about nine million copies and three sold about seven million. Um, yeah. still really good numbers for that time period. Uh, for games though, <laughs> like oh yeah, for sure. And coming off of again the slow lingering death of the Ezio series a pretty good you know pretty good yeah, showing good good retention on that not bad um all right so it's our last didn't, one here. uh revelations sell like something like close to four or five like way uh, lower i would have to check let's yeah. see uh, let's see how many as of february 15 2012 they had shipped seven million copies okay yeah yeah, that's about the same. So yeah, you're right. It I, I guess that's I guess they sort of retained people from the last game then. Um, yeah. All right, so here's our last one. 
Um, I was okay. I don't want to say anything. So, the total copies sold of every game in the franchise for Assassin's Creed versus the total copies sold of every game in the franchise for The Legend of Zelda. Ooh, ooh. So there's overall a lot more games. Um, in The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, if you count like every game that's like, sort of even in a tertiary way connected to Zelda, there's like forty something. Yes. Yeah. Um, and some of them have been huge sellers, though. Again, they were huge sellers for their era, and a lot of those were very early on because we've been mm. giving fewer and fewer, but bigger and bigger games more recently. Mm. Um. I'd have to go with Zelda on this one. I'm going to put I, my faith in Zelda. Yeah. I don't know if I'm correct, but I want it to be. Oh, Zelda let you down. Um, <laughs> uh, so this, yeah, down. this these numbers are as of uh, October 20, uh, 2020. But yeah, the total copies sold of Assassin's Creed is 155 million. Total copies sold of Zelda, 120 million. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's you. I am good, It's shocked. a good disparity. Now, if you look back at the individual sales of Zelda games, none of them have actually been very good. <laughs> Um, Breath of the Wild actually debuted with like more copies sold than almost any other Zelda game. Like they they when they sold, I believe that they hit twelve mil. When they hit twelve million, they became it. That became the best selling Zelda game in history. Hmm. Um, and yeah, a lot a lot of the, even the more popular Zelda games have sold not not very well. Um, we I think we also forget that Zelda sells extremely poorly in Japan. Um. They compared to their European and American sales, Zelda is not popular in Japan. Weird. Um, yeah, it is. It is strange, but I mean, when you think about it, like the games have sort of always been, or at least since Ocarina of Time, like they kind of have been Western RPGs from the beginning. Yeah, and and it's the same fate as Metroid, beloved by the oh, West. Oh, absolutely. Built. Yeah, Metroid and, and F Zero too. The, yeah. the West doesn't know what to, or the, the Japan now, doesn't really I don't even do know F -Zero. if F Zero is even still an extant series we can like discuss as a franchise though. <laughs> like well, it's mean, it's canonically really. part of the Metroid timeline, so we can, you know. Um, okay. <laughs> but no. Um, uh, no yeah. Canonically, if if you want to do it, uh, Star Fox, F Zero, and Metroid, and maybe maybe not um, Kid Icarus are all in a same shared universe because oh. of crossovers and cameos and. Uh, Things like Metroid showing up in Kid Icarus, but everything okay. might just fall into Kid Icarus anyway, seeing like everything falls into Kirby. How do we fit this into Super Smash Brothers? <laughs> uh, Kirby is the reason Super Smash Brothers can exist. It's uh, it's it, all happening in his stomach because he swallowed the universe. <laughs> actually, no, it's all happening in his dreams. In a mirror in his dreams. Oh, the amazing mirror in his dreams. Actually, no. If you go into in the Amazing Mirror game, you can fight... Uh, Master Hand and Crazy Hand. That's one of the oh, boss fights. I don't think I got to the end of that. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, alright. This is, uh, unfortunately the Kirby episode will be later. <laughs> we'll come back for Kirby. Well, I'd, actually, we'll it's definitely come back Kirby for Kirby. Episode. What are you talking about? Every I, episode is the Kirby. I gotta say, just quickly, I love Kirby. I, I think Kirby Triple Deluxe is maybe my favorite handheld game of all time. Like, that was the 3DS one they made. I yeah. played that nine or ten times. It is such a pleasant relaxing time it doesn't require anything of you it doesn't ask for your attention or your <laughs> your you know like your your skill or anything it's just yeah. kirby bouncing around and it's a great time 
Uh, for me, Robobot's a little better, but I can absolutely understand why I liked Triple Ro- Deluxe. I think that I was burned a little by Robobot because I came right off of Triple Deluxe and went out and bought it, and I was like, this is the same game, but they added a robot. That is, that is fair. That is fair. I had a, a bit of time to just go, you know what I want? I want a little more of that Triple Deluxe itch to be scratched, and yeah, Robobot sure, sure. did that just a little bit better. Fair enough. Um, okay. And then there's the, the, the remake of uh, Superstar, Superstar Ultra, which is... Uh, all right, let's uh, let's jump forward and uh, let's close out. So I want to um, talk a little bit. I think we may have, I don't know if we discussed this before at some point on the podcast, but um, this is the famous question. Ubisoft asks it every year, weirdly enough. <laughs> where, where should the next Assassin's Creed be? Um, I don't know if any of y'all have answered any of those surveys they send out. I, I do general. I've, I think I've answered them for the last few years. Um, Ubisoft puts out a survey every year asking where the next Assassin's Creed should be, like in what setting. <laughs> And then and, whatever answer they get, they decide not to do. Uh, as far as I know, the reason they did uh, Vikings is because that was the popular answer on the survey. Uh, but yeah, I think well, that was the first time it's happened. Yeah. But also, I think they, they just decided, oh, Vikings. I mean, that Let's makes sense, it doesn't England. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's set it in England. Because um, they want Vikings. Oh, you want, what? well when you when you're Vikings, you want to be doing raids, right? You don't want to be <laughs> yeah. like sitting around in Norway just like eating a fish. Well, no, I, 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 could, I think what a lot of people were, were wanting to do was to climb a lot of the um the the the, the features of Norway as as the geography of it. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you and, can still there still is a Norway map in Valhalla, and it's beautiful. Oh, lovely. Lovely. It's, Excellent. It's, yeah, there's I, actually four... I will continue to pine for the fjords, then. Yeah, there's actually four... <laughs> there's actually four maps that are split up in, in uh, Valhalla, which I like a lot. Like, there's Norway, and then there's England, which is about, I would say, roughly three times bigger than Norway. And then there's um, Asgard. Sort of the opposite of reality, but... Yeah, sure. and then Asgard is sort of the same size as Norway, and then Jotunheim is, like, a very small map. Um, Interesting so we go... Sorry. So, I, I, I'm just—it's—it's it's odd to me that we're going to um, the home of the giants, the home of the gods, and then two real-world places, but leaving out the two other major uh, uh, fantastical areas of Muspelheim and Niflheim. Yeah, I don't know what. I, I guess it was just maybe time constraints that they couldn't make all of that. Um, yeah. Which or, I mean, this game was definitely rushed out to meet the console launches 100. <laughs> percent So. Yes. Well, there there was also Same with Bugs Nights, and, and Hell, so yeah, um, got all the God of Wars. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we, we, when do we get to meet Kratos in Valhalla? He's actually <laughs> not there. I looked for him. Um, ah. It is pretty much it is pretty much just God of War. Once you get there, though, it's pretty much exactly <laughs> the same game. Dad of Boy, Dad of Dad Boy. Dad of Boy. That's, sorry, yeah. um, God of right. War is the old series. Now it's Dad of Boy. <laughs> I love Dad of Boy. Um, so, what, what where were you guys thinking would be a cool setting slash time period slash maybe world event to set uh, a game during? Well, obviously Skyrim. Duh. You want to like set it the... during the Skyrim period of real history? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like Todd Howard keeps trying to tell us about. Um, <laughs> But no, actually, uh, the, a real thing is I would like to set it not modern day, but nearly modern. Like, I want to say okay. uh, Civil War or later, maybe, or or uh, Georgian era. Georgian era England would actually be kind of interesting with okay. the quickly rising um, cities and the politi- both the political instability. You'd have 
new but not reliable transport and, and a lot of stuff to play with. Yeah, actually, th- wait, I think you're sort of describing Syndicate because that did take place in like the 1870s. I'm I'm talking like um, oh you want to be like 30... in America though or, or oh not necessarily in America but I'm talking about like um not cause that's still Victorian I'm talking specifically um the the the, the Edwardian era like 1910 oh I see what you're saying okay yeah like right before World War One okay I think if we're going to 1910 I would love to be hanging around for the assa- for the assassination of the Tsar Nicholas the um, Second. <laughs> And uh, the whole Anastasia. What if you just played as Anastasia and you're like, well, did you guys know Anastasia really escaped? <laughs> yeah, actually, no, that would that would be interesting. Play <laughs> play a game, like, uh, set part of it right before, um, like, set it all around in the Russian, the, well, the Russian Revolution, the latest Russian Revolution, the, the communist Russian Revolution, uh, which, to, to give you a brief, lovely bit of Russian history, when I say the Russian Communist Revolution, that even doesn't narrow it down. There were several. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyways, uh, but with um, Anastasia and Rasputin and all of that, and I don't even know, I would love for Rasputin to be completely uninvolved in the Assassins no! and the Templars and just to be his own. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. Wonderful I saw thing. Yeah, he definitely needs to be in it. Just, yeah, he can definitely yeah. be his own guy for sure. 100%. Yeah. I, I, no, and I, I specifically would love to see the depiction of him that is growing in popularity of the ladies' man Rasputin. Yeah, just with a gigantic penis. Yeah, yeah, like not not a crazy madman, a little bit, you know, crazy eyes, eccentric, yes, just eccentric, like eccentric. You know, loves the ladies. The ladies love him. They love how he walked four hundred miles in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Rasputin's crazy, man. Um, one thing that I would love to see, my like several, one of my ideas was, like I said, like I, I find the Russian Revolution of nineteen ten, I guess, specifically fascinating. Uh, was that nineteen twelve? Was no, one of those uh, two? It, you, uh, uh, you might be thinking of the nineteen seventeen one, which is the one that actually yeah. stuck. Yeah, the, okay. the actual was that, revolution was in nineteen seventeen. Was that yeah. was that uh, what was it, what was it? Who was Lenin? Was that right? Yes. Yeah, 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 that was Lenin. Okay, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Um, there was the revolution in, I think, 1910, which is what led to reforms, but not the okay. uh, the, 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 the taking down of the czar. Right, that right. was 17. Okay. Yeah, that would be one cool place. Um, another one uh, I've thought always thought of was like Middle Kingdom China would be really cool. Like the, oh, yeah. The rise yeah. of these like disparate emperors and like all these different like factions and like all the espionage going on and... Um, my, you know that Mulan game we always wanted, but they never uh, played. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, that. I'm I'm really excited for the Mulan like live action tie in game. I yeah, just making a Muso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having having a uh, you know an, an Assassin's Creed set you know during you know Romance of the Three Kingdoms would that would be interesting to see. It really would, especially if. You know the assassins themselves. The assassins and the Templars are moving around the three kingdoms and trying to, trying to say, okay, we, you know, this is basically a giant go match between who we <laughs> who we support and who we off. Right. Um. One. Uh. Yeah. One. One other one I wanted to would think would love to see is um in ancient India in uh like the three hundreds BC basically with under uh Emperor Chandragupta the one who like expanded. And, like, made what we know, like, as India, basically, by conquering the whole rest of the kingdoms. Um, I think that would be a really cool time period to explore. And, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be really cool to see, like... See, the, the thing is, I, like you know what I've done here? 
The the thing that I've done is I, I've named the three settings that they wasted on the fucking Assassin's Creed Chronicles 2D <laughs> yes. platformers, India, yes. China, and, and Russia. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. Yes, you have. Okay, they, I, I don't know. Maybe they can go back and reuse some of the protagonists or story or whatever from those, but sad. Maybe. Uh, Axel, what were you thinking? Uh, few, a few thoughts kind of come to mind. Uh, the first would be setting... Uh, Assassin's Creed in Central and South America, pre-Columbian. Uh, you know, okay. start start playing around with the Mayans, the Olmecs, Incan Empire. Oh, Mayans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe some peripheral contact with the Incans. Yeah. That you know that. Ooh, there's a lot of great people that you could have in there. Um, uh, who was uh. Pajakuti, I think the guy yeah. who uh, had his soldiers spring from the earth and claimed that the rocks were his soldiers, drank from his enemy's skulls, fashioned them—you know, just literally took a, a fallen foe's forearm, stripped it of its flesh, and turned it into a flute. Pajakuti was <laughs> a badass. skin flute. Okay, <laughs> no, a bone no. flute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did mention that I would have liked, you know, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen something in uh, the Old and Middle Kingdom periods in ancient Egypt, you know, pre-Ptolemy. Yeah. That would have, you know, I think that would have, they could have tied in a lot more of the uh, the Isu more realistically, I think, in those time periods than they could have anywhere else. Uh, the only other area that might be interesting would probably be i think around uh indonesia within oh interesting yeah i mean you 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 could probably touch on some of those black flag vibes again but in a completely different setting uh you could do you could do it during the mongol you know around the time of the mongol invasions into vietnam uh into the early siam kingdoms yeah, there, there's just so much potential in that region. It's like it. You know another another uh, figure to to focus a game around that would be really interesting. Alexander the Great. Oh, and all of his exploits, or um, Genghis Khan. Both of those just huge swaths of time <clears throat> and land and events. Yeah, the, uh, going going with the rise of the Mongols and you know particularly Genghis Khan and what happened after he died. Oh yeah, especially after his assassin. Yeah, make that an assassination and not you know uh, just a slow death. Right now, I think I'm pretty sure Alexander the Great is in Assassin's Creed Origins at some point. Um, or he's mm, is he mentioned no. or something? He, he, he would he would have been mentioned because he he died centuries before the Ptolemy he died centuries before the Ptolemies showed yeah, up. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, like so. three like yeah, three hundred years before that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I remember him being a part of the plot for some reason. Like they kept It might have been Oh his something I think to... his tomb was actually part of the plot. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um he yeah. died in Alexandria. Which Alexandria? Oh. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> the the one without the library. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they're all the one without the library now. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh yeah, so all right. Well, yeah, let's uh let's let's close up. 
Uh, so thank you guys for joining us today. Um, thank you to Todd Howard for inventing Skyrim, which in turn invented Assassin's Creed Valhalla because it is pretty much the same. Um, the uh, so the- actually that does bring up a small point. I want to mention that I think the reason why the most recent couple games have switched over to the heavy RPG format was because The Witcher did uh, so gangbusters. Yeah, they they definitely copied a lot of mechanics from The Witcher Three. And again, that's not like a bad thing. Like you know, no, you no, see no. Success but it's, it's obvious where they're. Their inspiration, inspiration. yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the uh, yeah, so you can find us at gameluster.com. Um, we'll uh, we have uh, cool videos up on our YouTube channel, YouTube uh, youtube.com/gameluster. Um, you can find me on Twitter at gondezy, uh, G-A-N-D-H-E-E-Z-Y. Oh, and hey, we have a uh, a Twitter account for Gamebusters now, so you can go find us at Gamebusters Pod on uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, so thanks, guys. Do you guys have any plugs for anything you're working on? Uh, well, Kate and I are still plugging away at console tours. Okay. Uh, the ep- by the time this episode goes live, the next one should be out. Um, but we're we're covering uh, the fictional insp- or the real life inspirations for fictional towns in video games, and we're covering uh, Sinnoh and its real world inspiration, Hokkaido, uh, on console tours at the moment. And we're also slowly but surely doing. Uh, introduction to Plumbing 035, where I introduce Kate to all of the mainline Super Mario games, because, one, several of them are older than Kate, and she's never played any of them. And I want to correct that. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, uh, just as a, a minor aside, uh, Game Luster is looking at... Uh, improving our content we're going to be bringing up some new top 10 lists in the near future uh we're also looking at uh, adding some quizzes to the site so there will now be a little bit of interactivity and maybe a bit of snark for your choices lots of snark yeah let's be honest with ourselves <laughs> so yeah uh and, and personally i'm working on nanowrimo trying to crank out a new novel okay nice uh all right so um axel i think you were the winner because of how you rigged our game um (laughs) would you like to uh close us out with your signature catchphrase today (laughs) that you say every time be good to each other or i will not be good to you be excellent to each other or else or else (laughs)